time, I might try to add a little bit of an effect to my guitar, but... <clears throat> so, um, I guess any time now, she could have a baby. So please, um, text me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, will do. Yeah, just to let you know that craziness is about to ensue. <laughs> She's a week early, so we're kind of oh, expecting. Really? Hopefully, early before. with the first. Yeah. So we're hoping it's before Christmas, so we can be home on Christmas. My birthday's the twelfth. My brother's is the fourteenth. Yeah, and so it would be easy to remember if it's like sixteenth. Keep the pattern going, and then that would also line up with a little bit early. So. I'm hoping it's the 16th, just so I can remember. <laughs> or like the 21st or something, like 12, flipped around. Otherwise, I'll probably... Like, Amelia's is easy to remember, because March 4th, you know? That's the only reason I remember that. Jesse's family, how I remember everyone's birthday, and they just made fun of me the whole time. just done all easier songs. I'm too tired. I'll pray real quick. Sorry, forgot. Uh, Father, God, we uh, just humbly come before you this morning, Lord. God, we're thankful um, for this place you've given us to worship, for the people, the congregation, God, for giving us voices to sing, to proclaim your name, and uh, give the good news that is the gospel. God, we're just we're humbled, we're thankful, and uh, we just ask that you uh, help this rehearsal, both musically, technically, the slides, everything go smoothly, and uh, that we would just be able to focus solely on pointing the way to you this morning. Thank you, Father, and say this in your son's holy name. Amen. Okay. So yeah, I'll just start on the first song and go through. And the first page is the Oh, the Mighty Hand. Okay. Okay. 
a really good song. The original recording with the drum and everything, just this. Your voice sounds like you, you wrote that song. You should, you should listen to the original recording. I'll look it up. Definitely. Yeah, City of Light. They're the only like modern, structured song band I really like. City of Light. C- City of Light, all one word. Yeah, that's a. That song is like my in the morning when I'm dragging. It's like listen to that, and it's like okay, okay, okay.
Pardon? The pardon. Yes, uh, on each verse. Um, so verse one, no tongue can be bid me thence depart, is repeated. Verse two, to look on him and pardon me. Verse three, um, it's with Christ my Savior and my God once. And then repeat that whole section, one with himself, I cannot die. My soul is purchased with his blood. (coughs) Whatever is comfortable for you, either click or make an extra, it's up to you. If you want, I can reorder it when I'm done through, just to make sure it's solid. Okay.
salvation ever faithful ever true we will hold fast to the anchor it shall never be sections of any songs you want clarification
noticing the bullets and we got the three songs. Oh, I know. Yeah. I I just added it real quick. I wasn't even going to put lyrics, assuming everybody knows it. But I've done that before. This is what, this is what you do then? You, you repeat that one twice? Yes. That one, yes. And you go through this and then you go through Go the this. Game. Do this whole part with the repeat of that last line. Yeah. Okay. Because the slides on that, just each side only has two lines. Okay. Yeah, I would. So I got to go back. I would... Do four lines, four lines. Well, it worked out good. It just I got no wind to repeat. So we go back and do this one, and then we sit on this one a little longer. Let me. Uh, I'll just come back there. Now that I'm done. Yeah. Oh, that's all I'm 
tested positive. My mom tested positive. Uh, our daughter, our youngest daughter, Elizabeth, she, she tested positive. And Juan was negative. So, but uh, yeah, and, and, and it was just like a cold. Now, last night I came down on the steps again, so I feel like I, I, feel like I sound congested on that. I feel great, but I, I came down on the steps again. You know, I, I've been under, under a lot of stress. We had to make sure Yeah, I don't usually rotate. I decided for me personally, 
several of the services We'll uh, go ahead and stand and go to the Lord in prayer. Father, our God, uh, you are good, you are faithful, and we thank you for that. God, we just uh, come humbly before you this morning. Lord, um, we just ask that you bless this time that we have together, um, gathered together this morning for your word, for uh, singing praises to you. We just pray that we would have um, have our hearts be over overflowing with praise for you, and that, uh, God, that you would receive all the glory in all things. Every breath we take, we thank you for, and just pray that you use us mightily in your hands. Thank you, Father, and say this in your Son's holy name. Amen. for it. 
I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hands, my name is written on his heart, I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart, no tongue can bid me thence depart. Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within. Upward I look and see him there who made an end to all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. The just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me, to look on him and pardon me. Behold him there, the risen lamb, my perfect spot. This righteousness, the great unchangeable I am, the King of glory and of grace. One with Himself, I cannot die. My soul is purchased by His blood. My life is hid with Christ on
the praise, honor, and glory. God, we thank you uh, for this time that we've had 
to sing praises, um, God, that for the word that we're going to hear your truth this morning, we just pray that you would prepare our ears, hearts, and minds to receive it, and God, that you would uh, continue to bring forth growth. God, we thank you. We say this in your son's holy name. Amen. for that word in music. 
I like that song. Really like that song a lot. Well, today we're going to be in Second Timothy today. I didn't know I'd run everybody off today, so it's kind of a little surprising. I can't focus in on it over here. I have only Austin back there, and he's kind of hiding behind the, the screens. But uh, no, today uh, we do have a good message, despite everybody being in Thanksgiving mode and doing some traveling and things of that nature. So um, excuse me while I get all this set up. I was practicing through the week to see if I could get this up on the screen today. So we have a little bit of stuff to follow. So I am trying to progress a little bit as I'm, I go along. Um, but uh, uh, as you know, I don't find myself in this role very often. The last time was my own birthday in August. Um, so it's been quite a while, but we've had some really great speakers. And I am really thankful that we were able to uh, grab hold of those those guys, um, especially since there's been a lot to do around here, um, given you know our transition time. But um, as you know, it's been a very challenging time for us here at Falls as we face another lead pastor position transition process, and um, it can get a little frustrating and discouraging, especially if you're facing if you're on looking from the outside looking in, and you don't know what's going on and you're going this is taking a long time and this is taking forever and you know for due reason you know we are actually working hard with that search team and we've been meeting nearly every week so I'm not going to give anything away and most of you guys really know the the story on it anyways Um, but we get we're getting closer okay we're getting that much closer but if you are not on that team and if you are on that team, we need to just be praying for these candidates. We need to be praying for the search team. We need to pray for the candidates that we don't select um, so they can find the role that God has given them. So, um, But uh, we're hoping, hoping to have somebody to present soon. Okay, I, don't, I can't tell you when. Okay, no details there, but soon. So just keep praying for us as uh, we go through that process. So we really appreciate your prayers and that's what uh, is valuable to us. So let's pray before we dive in this morning um, into God's word. Father, I just thank you for um, this message, Lord, that you put on my heart, Lord, and I pray that uh, your words would be on my lips, Lord, that um, we just examine this text, Lord, and if there's anyone here that uh, really this hits home to, Lord, I pray that you just uh, direct them in their lives, Lord, allow the Spirit to work through them and just um lord make make necessary changes as we need it lord and lord we just pray again and and thank you for this thanksgiving week that we get uh to to celebrate and we celebrate the fact that you've brought us so far as a nation um we we celebrate the fact that we have freedoms that we have families and we get to be able to do things like this and lord we just can't thank you enough for this time that we have to worship you. Um, Lord, and we just give you all the honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, as I was preparing this sermon, you guys know from my last one, I really like visuals. And I know that seems like a rabbit and stuff, but um, if the visual fits, um, you can see the examples that Jesus used in the Bible and several others, even Paul, um, used uh, some illustrations. And that's what this fishing pole represents today. I'm going to kind of have it stick in the back of your mind. Because, you know, as I grew up, I was a visual learner. That, that was me. And I had trouble with black and white print all the time. Unless I got to do it visually and, and see it visually and do it with my hands, uh, I, I really it had a hard time sticking with me. And, and maybe there's some of you like that. I don't know. If, if not, I apologize. But I really want to, to get this uh, visual across before we, we dive into the scripture because it fits in so well. But as I look at this poll, it's it's seen better years, <laughs> obviously. I, I've got a knob off of it, and I've, you know it could use a lot of work. But it's seen a lot of action over the years. And I, I, as I look at it, I see reflect back on the time that my dad and I were out on the lake, and we, we were able to just spend time fishing together. And he's the one that showed me the ropes on the lake, and um, he's the one that brought me out um, on several occasions. Um, and um, I'm thankful for his patience with me because I really didn't have it as a youngster um, out there fishing on the water. But, um, you know, when I, I look at this pole, you know, I remember a, a time in an instance where we were out on the lake and we weren't catching much. We were, we were just flailing around and, you know, we were casting, reeling, casting, reeling. Nothing, nothing was happening except we were just wetting the, the bait, so to speak. And, you know, I remember telling my dad, being the impatient boy that I was, uh, you know, dad, I, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, we're, we're out here, we're, you know, just baking in the sun. We're not catching anything. And, you know, I remember him just looking back at me and telling me in so many words, you know, son, hang in there. It's a big lake. So, you know, I'd, I'd hang in there for a few more casts. I'd, I'd throw it out, really just get into it, and, you know, nothing mattered. You know, it, it didn't even matter if I held my mouth right. And that's what he always said is, you're not holding your mouth right. But, um, you know, but it, it's like, Dad, you know, I, I get to the point 15 minutes later, and I'd say, Dad, you know, we really aren't catching anything. You know, what's it going to take to catch anything? And, you know, I saw him up front, and he was trolling around and using the paddle and moving in and out. You know, nothing's affecting him. He, he didn't care that he wasn't catching anything because he knew it was more, it wasn't just about catching the fish. And he was just continuing, continuing, continuing. And I remember him looking over, and he, he said something to, to this effect to my question of, you know, what's it going to take? And he said, one more cast, son, one more cast. And, you know, that kind of stuck with me and rung with me because, you know, as we look around at different uh, our, our, our congregations these days, uh, our congregations are a lot of seasoned vets in, in here. And what I mean by that is you've seen a lot of years of ministry. And, you know, as believers, you know, it, it's 
kind of one of those things where over a certain amount of time, we kind of expect the next generation to come in and take up some of that mantle so we can rest, you know. But I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you because we're in a passage of encouragement today is to not give up. Keep fighting the fight. Uh, keep fighting the fight. Keep throwing another line into the water. You know, God is not done with us until we go home. As long as we're drawing breath, God has a mission and a purpose for us. And we need to be involved with that. We need to be actively involved with that. And yes, we do get tired. And yes, there may be a generational problem. There may be some gaps. And you know, I've visited several churches and I've been a part of several churches. This isn't just this church that's having problems generationally with the next uh, generation coming in to fill some of those roles. It's not unique to us. But it also shouldn't surprise us any. So moving on, we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 4. This is entitled, Don't Give Up. Um, a little background to this um, book. 2 Timothy is estimated to be written around 64, 65 AD. The author is Paul. Um, Paul has written this letter under his second prison term. Um, and it was considered to be his last letter before his de- death under the emperor Nero in Rome. Um, Paul addresses Timothy here as his son. Yeah, Paul and Timothy had a very close bond um, as almost a, a father-son relationship. Um, and Timothy here is serving as the young pastor here at the church of Ephesus. to give, And Paul is giving him words of encouragement and departing wisdom. Um, because this last letter uh, in Timothy here was done pretty much under the awareness that Paul had of his imminent death that was around the corner that he was facing. Um, but today um, I want to outline four points and um, under my wife's strict instruction I'm probably only going to be able to get to two of this and these as I was looking at that she was like you better not do that and so <laughs> we're going to do two points today and and try to get through two points but uh, I outlined two points for the importance of carrying out our personal ministry and the first point here is in these first two per, uh, verses the importance of continued ministry is to instruct um, others and as I turn here hopefully yes it appears on the screen so let's read those first two verses it says I solemnly charge you before God in Christ Jesus who is going to be the judge of the living and the dead and because of his appearing and his kingdom preach the word Be ready in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and teaching. So first, how about a little Greek lesson? Um, You know, sometimes it it helps to see the the native language that the the Bible was written in. And um, actually, the Greek is rich. It's rich in its words. Um, so if you look at verse 1 there, looking back, and you go to that, and because of his appearing and his kingdom. So the word used there in the Greek is the word epiphania. 
Epiphania. Um, this word appears six times in the New Testament, and four of these usages are right here in the two books of Timothy. Um, it, it roughly means um, a, the glorious appearance or display. Um, so you can see why we kind of lose some of that meaning when we translate it um, into the English. But um, this is also the the word that or the root that we get the word epiphany from, and uh, the epiphany is the uh, sudden um, great thought or idea that comes to mind. So this is this comes from that. Um, but in this verse, the Timothy or Paul uses the word epiphania to outline to Timothy the urgency of this message that he's given to him due to Christ's sudden return and an imminent return. Um, and he's going to call everybody to account. So this is, this is the whole message in a nutshell. And um, looking at back at verse 1 again, it's quite a statement from Paul, and it's quite a mouthful, these first two verses um, that he starts off with. But he starts with charging Timothy with a directive. Okay, um, so he uses the word charge. I solemnly charge you before God and Christ Jesus. You know, that word charge is a very battle-ready term. It's the term that we get when we've learned from our younger years, when you learned about the cavalry and stuff, and they would use that word when they're ready for battle. You know, the, the colonel would draw his sword and point it forward, or his baton, and he point it forward, and he would say, charge. And that was the, the time where everybody had to be ready and prepared to rush into the battle scene and get into the battle scene. That's the same type of word that he's using here to Timothy. And he's saying, Timothy, I've got a charge for you. Okay? I charge you before God and Christ Jesus. There is a sense of urgency here behind this directive. So let's see what the directive is as Paul paints this picture. It says in verse 2, preach the word. Preach the word. Okay, and this is a responsibility, and you may be thinking, well, you know, this is Paul to Timothy, okay, and he's, you know, talking to this young pastor. Yes, he is, but guess what, guys? Uh, you know, when Christ was getting ready to go up, back up to heaven, you know, and getting ready to be to raised up, this was on his heart and mind to the believers that were remaining there. And it, it's a directive to us. It's the Great Commission. It's getting the word out, getting, getting the gospel to people. And yeah, it's kind of a, a statement that Timothy would already be aware of as a pastor. So why would you restate it? Well, Paul isn't doing an encouragement here. And you can see the coaching role that, that uh, Paul fits in. And some of us have had coaches in the past, and do you remember what their role is? A coach is there to push you. He's going to push you, and he's going to encourage you. 
And I remember many times back, and I'll tell tales about me, but I'll tell a short tale anyways, um, that, you know, I was involved with tennis in high school. And one of the things me and my partner would do is we would get through our our uh, rounds of, you know, training and stuff like that and have a game and stuff. And we'd walk by coach and say, hey, coach, we're done. We, we're, we're good for the day. And he goes, no, you're not. Go back. Do it again, you know. So that, that's what a coach does, you know. He pushes you to go further. He stretches you. And this is what Paul is passing along to Timothy. Timothy, be ready. Preach the word, okay? And moving on. So let's move on in that verse. It says, be ready in and out of season. So you got preach the word first, and then you got a stoppage of thought, and then be ready in and out of season, Okay, you know, this, there is no actual time off for ministry. You know, um, I know a lot of us take vacations and stuff, and that's great and all. We all, we do need time off work at some, some points. And, you know, I've enjoyed vacations away and stuff like that. But I've heard on many instances where pastors and, um, you know, laymen alike would go on vacation and it ended up in some sort of ministry that they had to do. Why? Because God doesn't take time off. You know, God is in the business of redeeming people. And you know what? As our responsibility as his kids, we have a responsibility to use those gifts that he's given us to, in whatever situation and whenever he calls. You know, whatever time he needs us. So be ready in and out of season. You know, there's no off time to your ministry. Continuity, that's what it's called, continuity. And there will be challenges. And we have faced a challenge here at the church. And we can see what happens when a lead pastor role is, is missing, it's hard on the church. But I, I can tell you this, you know, we can't just jump ship every time that we face bad weather. We got to go through those storms. Looking back at verse 2. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and teaching. You know, continuity is definitely implied in this verse. There is no past tense. There's no one and done type of situation and you know most of us don't like those first two terms correct and rebuke but you know what I've seen firsthand what happens when you let somebody go along with their misguided principles or their incorrect applications to the word of God You've got to step in. You've got to correct sometimes. And this is the same thought as if we had a child. And you let that child just do anything they want to do. And they grow up, and be, and they grow up into adulthood. What's going to happen to their life? We know what correction does. And correction is needed sometimes. And this is what he's telling Timothy. You need correction sometimes. This is something that's ongoing, an ongoing process. Correcting, rebuking, and then encouragement. 
and he throws the encouragement in here. And most of us don't have any problem with encouragement. But I'll tell you this, you know, a lot, a lot of our churches are suffering from lack of encouragement. You know, some of us have been in here for a long time and we do our ministry through the week and we get beat around through the week. And you know what? It's great to come in here and to worship and get refreshed. And our first priority is to worship. Yes, that's great and everything. But where's the encouragement that we get to face another week as we come in? Sadly, there's some people walking in that never heard a word of encouragement and go back out those doors. And you know, that's tough. And you might say, well, my gift isn't encouragement. Well, guess what? Paul just stated a directive here that is very important as a piece, as a responsibility. And you know what? Even if your gift isn't encouragement, everybody knows how to compliment somebody. Hey, I like what you're wearing. Hey, you just brighten the room when you you come in. Even if you can't think of much. Or hey, let's put it more more direct towards ministry. I know what you've done with the young children and how much time you've spent with them and the sacrifices that you made. Thank you for what you've done. Or the person that's even out here picking up trash off the lawn. Maybe he hasn't noticed very much, but you notice him one day. Thank you for what you've done. Cleaning up the lawn. It's a thankless job almost, but everybody needs encouragement. And sadly, we just don't see enough of it. So these three... These three things Paul is saying to Timothy. Preach the word, or going back, preach the word, be ready in and out of season, but then correct, rebuke, and encourage. And look at the little um, piece that goes along with that. With great patience and teaching. You know, and I've seen a lot of people, you know, they, they may not have the, the gift of correction or, or rebuking or if that's, I don't know, that's really a gift. But, uh, you know, they, they see things that are done in the church and they immediately, it ruffles their feathers on the back of their, their head and they immediately go off. And it bothers them so much that they jump on somebody and then what happens to that somebody? That somebody is no longer there right? That's usually what, how it goes. And, you know, I, this is not what this verse is, is saying. This verse is saying it, it is our responsibility to do these things with great patience and teaching. You can't just jump on somebody. You know, and you know, if you have trouble with patience, um, well, you know what, I, I've had trouble with my, my patience, but many years in uh, traffic in Phoenix area and stuff has kind of taught me a lot of things about patience. Um, and, and, you know, if you're having trouble with that, I don't recommend praying for it, but if you go drive those cities, you, those bigger cities, I'm sure you're going to be able to learn some of that. And, you know, this goes along also, it says, with great patience and teaching. 
You know, look for those opportunities when you see something that ruffles the back of your head and it's actually scripturally wrong. Yes, we need to rebuke. We need to step and correct that situation. But you need to take time to come to that person and say, hey, do you got a moment? I want to show you something from God's word. You know, and, and this is why we don't do this. You know, too many of us, I know, have been locked in tradition over the years, and we've seen many years in church. And, you know, we grew up with all these traditions and things of things we're supposed to do and things that we're not supposed to do. And some of these people that are attending, that are newcomers, that are visitors, they're growing up in situations where they've not been a part of the church all their life. They don't know these things. But yet, we're ready to jump on that situation because it bothers us so much. But we need to take time, as Paul states to Timothy, do this with great patience and teaching. Use the scripture as your backbone. That's what it's there for. Don't go off on just traditions and this is my, my personal preferences we got to move on. Moving on to the second point. Second point is the importance of continued ministry is to combat the rejection and altering of God's truth. So let's take a look at verses 3 and 4. And i got to put those up on the screen for us. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn aside or turn away from hearing the truth and turn aside to myths. You know, that sounds like Paul took a recent visit to America, doesn't it? I mean, I, I don't know if I'm the only one thinking that, but hey, we got that happening just down the street, right? I mean, we don't have to go very far. And this isn't just the cults that we're talking about, folks. It's, it's Christian churches, You know, they're promoting a prosperity gospel or they're promoting something that takes the Bible way out of context. These things are happening. And it doesn't stop there. You know, some of the modern churches that that have come together, they're just manufacturing things, partial concepts of the Bible and things that will suit their listeners just to fill their seats. You know, and it's not those modern facilities, it's not the modern technology that's the problem. The problem is, the root problem is taking the Bible out of context, trying to make it say something that it's not. But that's happening. And, it, and it's happening right here in this city, as a matter of fact. But taking a look back at Scripture, verse 3. For the time will come. Paul is writing about a future reality here to, to Timothy. But Christianity at that point was just launching. and It's just getting on its feet, right? They were sending missionaries out, you know, trying to get the gospel out um, throughout. But if you take a look at some of Paul's missionary journeys, you will see, you know, and you take a look at Acts of some situations that people were perverting the gospel he even had it happen then but the holy spirit kind of laid on paul's heart 
of something that would eventually come about. And today we have this played out on a whole different level. I mean, it's everywhere. It's every city. You know, I don't know how many of you have been church hunting in the past 10 years. I know I have. And it's very difficult to find a Bible-solid, Bible-teaching church. You know? And people that will act on it. Churches that will act on it. It's difficult to find. Looking back here on, at the Scripture... Not the, the part where when people will not tolerate sound doctrine. The sound doctrine that Paul's mentioning here is the doctrine from the original Greek and Hebrew. The words from the original Greek and Hebrew. Preserved through the ages from scribe to scribe. And I've been through the process and I, I've kind of learned about the process that the scribes went through to um, preserve the, the scriptures for later generations. And they would take such detail in it. And if they got a scratch wrong or they got a plural wrong or they, they added something that shouldn't be added, that particular parchment was done. They would toss it, burn it. It was, it was completely out of the question to save that. And that's why we have such great copies of the Word of God is because they took such note and detail of making sure the accuracy of the Word. And then they would store it in those containers for our future discovery and use. But you know, if they took such care and such detail to do that, how much care and detail should we have when we're teaching out of the Word? When we're actually using the Word of God. We should be careful on how we do it. There's a difference between just some of these words and you can twist them from an A to the to all these things that you can do that will change the meaning to the Scripture. We really need to be careful on how we use it. People are watching and people are listening. Looking at verse 4. So where do people run to escape the reality of truth? They will turn away from hearing the truth and they will turn aside to myths. You know, people would rather buy into a fantasy than to, you know, that, that these myths produce, than to face their own truth, to face the truth and reality that they're in. I mean, look at all the movies we have today. We have some that are uh, fantasies, adventure, romance, I mean, adventure, all these things. And what are they designed to do? They're designed to take people away, to give them an escape. You know, and, it, and generally the nonfiction films that come out are just not quite as popular dealing with reality. As believers, we need to be on our guard. You know, I'm not saying that we should just avoid movies altogether, but, you know, we need to protect ourselves. You know, not buy into things that are the fictional. Protect yourself from untruth. You know, slick leaders, slick church leaders are pretty good with words. You know, they may be easy on the ear, but, you know, good church leaders don't 
let their words say something that the Bible doesn't intend in its meaning. Paul includes these two verses here to make us aware, to make Timothy aware. This actually, this passage should make us more determined, you know, in our our own pursuits to get the actual message out. To get the true word of God out to our mission field. And our mission field stands right out before us in our city, county, you know, wherever we go. We are the missionaries. We are carrying that message. So in wrapping this thing up, you know, I, I, I don't want to go on. I could go on to my other points, but I think I'll save it for another time. You know, what, what are we doing for God? You know, have we decided that we've had enough and that we need a rest and that we've kind of let down in our ministry? You know, what, what are we actually communicating to God with that situation? And I know this may not apply to many in this room. I know you've been working hard. Some of you have been working hard for years and filling roles that the church has needed for many years. And we thank you for your service for that. Because, And I, I'm sure, you know, God, if he was here in the physical form, person, communicating to you so you could see it, that he would express that same thing appreciation for all that we've served in but we can't give up we can't give up and that's what Paul's direct message to Timothy here was this is what I need you to do Timothy I need you to pay attention I need you to take note because people need the gospel and there is going to be a time of God's judgment And he's going to appear in his glorious appearance. And he's going to judge the earth. There is an urgency to what we need to do. So the message was short and concise today. But what decisions do we need to make in our hearts and lives today? You know, this isn't a Thanksgiving uh, message, so to speak. But I'm sure, you know, there are points and times, you know, we can think, think in our lives where we're thankful for somebody who's hung in there and done the work of the ministry so that we could benefit from that. You know, I, I had a little short thing here before I, I asked Tanner to come back up for our clothes. But, you know, I, I had in my life somebody that just wouldn't let, let go, wouldn't give up. Somebody that, that hung on to me and, and said, hey, have you made a decision for Christ yet? Have you made a decision for Christ? 
no, this is what you need to do. And I was like, uh, you know, I, I, it's not my time. It's, uh, this isn't, I'm not ready yet. And I kept putting off, kept putting off, kept putting off. And finally one day, I could answer, yes, I did make that decision. And we need people like that in our lives. You know, that won't give up on us. You know, God is not in the business and giving up on us, even how messed up that we are. And I can tell you this, I'm a pretty messed up creature myself. But words of encouragement today, go, go with God's blessing and use the gifts that God has given us to accomplish the mission that we have. Because as long as we are here, we have a purpose. We need to fulfill that purpose. Let's pray, and I'm going to have Tanner come up. Father, Lord, I, th- I thank you for this message today, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you've not given up on any of us. Lord, I, I can see, especially through some of the times that you've brought me through personally in my life, Lord, where, where somebody was just hanging in there, you know, and I, I'm thankful for that. But Lord, I, I just pray that, Lord, that as we all have responsibilities, as we've all been given gifts, Lord, that we are using those to your glory. And Lord, that during this time, this very challenging time that our church faces without the lead pastor, Lord, that we not give up. We don't give in. There's still a mission field out there, whether we have a lead pastor or not. And there's still people that need the Lord. I can see very much this message being very much pointed to us as much as it was to Timothy. We have a responsibility. And Lord, I thank you that you're there for us. And you give us the strength. You give us the energy that we need to do these jobs, to, do, to accomplish the mission and the task you've given us. And Lord, this morning, if we have given up or given in any at all, Lord, I pray we get that right this morning. And for anybody, those that are watching online or that have not given their hearts and lives over to you, Lord, I know this hasn't been a message directly to them. But Lord, I pray that they place their faith in you today. It makes so much difference in the purpose that you have in life. I don't know how anybody could go without you. Lord, we just want to honor you today in all that we do. And we give you the honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.